everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demister. All right, folks, we got some playoff football to talk about here. Dominic and I are super pumped. Week 18 is behind us. We are ready for some playoff football, Dominic. Always reminds you of the famous meme. We are playoffs, playoffs. Yes, it is the time for exactly that, Dominic. I know all of us are pumped. Uh, season always flies by. This one, no different. Even with the extra week of the regular season that was added just uh, a little while ago. John, what were your thoughts on the regular season and how pumped are you for the playoffs? What a crazy week 18. My team, the Steelers, just sneak in. Can't wait to talk about that. And wow, what a great wild card weekend do we have in store for us. Lots of weird matchups, potential upsets. Let's get this started. Yes, Don, let's jump into it right away. Uh, before we have the games and before we have the finals happen in the NFL, college football, Michigan, Dominic, you called it. I know you're a, a guy that was uh, rooting for Michigan. They pulled it off with a whopping 34-13 to victory over the Washington Huskies. Harbaugh does the job. Uh, quick thoughts on that. Look, I picked Washington to win. I'll be the first to say I thought that uh, their offense was uh, much, much better than Michigan's. Michigan's defense won the game, Dom. They won an old-school game, running the football, playing good defense. Yeah, I'm just so happy for Harbaugh. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better way to potentially bow out uh, in college football because, you know, he's probably going to be the number one coaching candidate in the NFL. Those who want a guy with experience, a guy that's been to the Super Bowl, Jim Harbaugh has it all. So let's see what happens to him. But congratulations to Michigan. The Wolverines finally get a nice national championship. They've been lacking for a while. So congratulations to them. Let's see if they can do it again next year. That'll be even tougher. Yeah, good call. Always tougher to repeat. Uh, speaking of coaches, in the NFL, we have Mike Vrabel being fired from the Tennessee Titans after six years there. Uh, look, obviously, Mike did some some good things there, bringing Tennessee uh, to uh, to the playoffs a few times. You know, being even uh, a top seed one of those years, and uh, and you know, sorry, not a top seed, but they upset actually the top seed, the uh, Baltimore Ravens, one year. And look, Tennessee was always kind of that team that was a dark horse to win the Super Bowl. Uh, didn't get it done. You know, wasn't able to to ever bring them to one. Um, I think you know this season. I talked about it. You talked about it. There was a few questions decisions that uh, Mike made throughout the, the course of the season. And I think that, you know, it may have been the right time for the Tennessee uh, Titans to part ways with uh, Mike Vrabel. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. Mike Vrabel. Don't get me wrong. This guy's going to get a job in two seconds. He had an amazing experience with the Tennessee Titans. Great love goes out to him. I think that I, at the end of the day, it was called the Derrick Henry experiment. And I think Mike Vrabel had that vision. He was maybe... A decade, almost too much. You know, Derrick Henry's been in the year for what? He's been in the league for about seven years. Give or take a decade, I would say, roughly. Uh, a plan of action to seeing a Super Bowl in Tennessee. He won't see it through, uh, but I do believe he will be getting a job as quick as anybody else in terms of coaching candidates. He is a guy who plays sound, fundamental football, and the, the players obviously were responding offensively defensively unfortunately he never had a quarterback to deliver the goods and right. Derrick Henry wasn't able to get him to the promised land well that's the thing right Dominic we talk about uh quarterback obviously being the most important position in the NFL this 
uh, this day and age, right? And unfortunately, like, Tannehill was just not the guy that, uh, you know, I thought that this team uh, was was hoping he would be, unfortunately. Other flyers, we have Arthur Smith out for the Atlanta Falcons uh, going in 7-10, uh, three straight years. Look, this is a crazy the team almost made the playoffs and won their division. Uh, but just down the stretch, this team wasn't clutch and they didn't do the things they needed to do. And I just look every time I watch this Falcons play, the, the camera would shoot at Arthur Smith. He kind of had this ah uh, shoot, like what the heck is going on look on his face. He just didn't seem to have complete control of so not a big surprise there for Arthur Smith and the Falcons. Uh, big one, Dom. Pete Carroll, out head coach for the Seattle Seahawks. This one I did not see coming. Uh, Seattle almost made the playoffs this year. And look, I spoke to a Seahawks fan, and you know he just said that it, it is a surprise. Uh, he wasn't all that uh, uh, happy, but he thinks that just it was more changing to be made. And it wasn't necessarily that he didn't that uh, Pete Carroll was doing a poor job. Look, he won the Super Bowl. He brought them to a Super Bowl, and uh, you know, unfortunately. The Seattle Seahawks team just hasn't been the powerhouse that they were when Russell Wilson was there. And maybe that was enough to get Pete Carroll fired. Uh, I thought of you right away, Don, because I know you're a big uh, Pete Carroll uh, fan and then supporter. I was surprised. I think I may have given him, you know, another year to uh, to kind of see what uh, what happens there. And, you know, Geno Smith is a has been a good quarterback over the few seasons. Uh, but I, I thought Pete did a good job with what he had for the most part, Don. But unfortunately, it didn't work out there. Uh, Pete Carroll out uh, for Seattle Seahawks looking for a new coach now. Yeah, the Seahawks moving on from Pete Carroll. I mean, what a great coach Pete Carroll's been, give or take 12 years with the Seattle Seahawks. Frankly, if he wants to coach anywhere, he will get an opportunity as well. I do believe that Pete Carroll had an amazing run as a Seattle head coach. You know, he should have had two Super Bowls. I'm sure he's going to want to get that one back, but he looks like never will. He is taking on an advisory role. You never know. Sometimes you take a year off, take a step back. Let's see what Seattle can do next year. You know, as long as he's around the building as an advisor, never count Pete Carroll out. But if anybody wants to offer him a job, he is 72 years old. But yeah. if you want to try somewhere else, Pete, you got a job guaranteed in my books. Yeah, there was a, a few rumors saying that, you know, he's still going to stay with the team, like you mentioned, be an advisor and play a role there. I think that'd be great. You know, he does have the ability to be that head coach, obviously, with his pedigree. And there are a few teams that are going to be looking for a uh, head coach, you know, come start of the 2024 season. So definitely don't count that out. Uh, I'm sure that he will. Uh, I'm sure you get a job. My my guy is he's going to head coach somewhere else because I saw he's got goods left in the bag. All right, let's uh, that's it with coaches. Let's talk about games now. Teams that punch your ticket last second. So we got a lot of clinching scenarios that happened in week 18 in the NFL. A game I want to talk about. Simple as win and you're in even a chance at the uh, division, actually. And yes, this team did win their division. So because the Jacksonville Jaguars lost them. We'll talk about this collapse a little bit later on. They lose 28-20 to Tennessee Titans. That leaves the door wide open for the game that happened beforehand on Saturday. Texans, Colts, um... This was a good game. It wasn't the prettiest of games, but I really felt it was a playoff game. You know, it was gritty. Uh, and like I mentioned, there were plays that were left on the field that could have been made. But I thought that for the most part, uh, you know, the Texans did their job, right? They're playing this game. They're on the road. They're underdogs. Uh, they come away with a 23-19 to 19 victory here. So much you can say about this game. So much you can say about the season for the Houston Texans. But man, oh man, C.J. Stroud, 20 of 26, 264 yards, uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Nico Collins, nine catches, 195 yards, one touchdown. I love when teams take a shot to open up the game, the Colts go, they score a field goal, three, nothing, you know, they got, they kind of stalled there, their drive. What does Indianapolis do? Play action fake. 
sorry, the Colts get the, the uh, Houston Texans get the ball. Play action fake, long bomb touchdown to Nico Collins, 75 yards to start, you know, the game and really throw the first punch. Uh, this game was close throughout. Oh, fourth down there. The Colts had a chance. Uh, a little bit of a, a low ball there by Gardner Minshew uh, to, uh, to one of his uh, running backs there out of the flat. Tough way for the Colts to lose uh, and to kind of be kicked out of the season. I might be Houston one. I think that, you know, they were the better team all year. Um, Colts got to go back to the drawing board, see what they have. They still do have Anthony Richardson, obviously. So they're going to see what they have there coming back from an injury. But I'm glad for the Tennessee Titans, What for the uh, Houston Texans. What a story. They win the AFC South, and they're going to be hosting a playoff game this week for the playoffs. Yeah, wow. The Houston Texans. What a story. C.J. Strout, amazing pick. The franchise of the Texans will be around for at least five years, give or take, minimum. I think that the job that D'Amico Ryans has done, quite frankly, he probably should win Coach of the Year because to be able to get a team that competitive that quick, I know the high draft picks, but still hats off to D'Amico Ryans. You know, the Texans are going to be playing the Browns here. That's going to be an amazing game that we'll yeah. talk about a, a little later. But I'm so happy the Texans made it. They deserve to be in this dance. And who knows how far this team can go. Yeah, look, you want you, you know, when you're playing with, with house money, Dominic, and you're, you're hot, why not, right? And I think that you talked about the Cleveland Browns and what a game that will be. Speaking of Coach of the Years, I think it could be between, very much be between Kevin Stefanski um, and D'Amico Ryan there. What, the, the job that they've done, I don't think anybody expected this of either team. If you would have said Cleveland had, you know, Deshaun Watson and, you know, everybody was healthy, they had Nick Chubb. Okay, yeah, maybe this team is going to have to make the playoffs. But with the amount of injuries that this Cleveland Browns team has dealt, but dealt with, especially at the quarterback position and to their best player, Nick Chubb, it was incredible that this team finds themselves at the 5C. So we'll talk about that game later on. But Dom, we got to talk about what opened up the window for this Houston, Texas team. The collapse by the Jacksonville Jaguars. This team had this division wrapped up, or at least I thought they did. Uh, they were talking about this team going to the Super Bowl. What happened to Jacksonville? They lose this game 28-20 to to Tennessee. And I think it's more about just than this, this game. But I think what Doug Peterson said after the game, was completely, completely accurate and a fair description. He said the game against the Titans was basically kind of the season in a nutshell. Uh, they had chances. They had opportunities. They were down by eight late in this game. They have the ball at the one-yard line. They get stopped on third down. They get stopped on fourth down. Trevor Lawrence tries to extend the ball all for naught. And Tennessee, who had nothing to play for in this game, who had Ryan Tannehill playing, goes out there and beats his Jacksonville team. Like, look, you talk about snake-bitten teams. You talk about teams that you kind of hope go over the hump. Um, they had the incredible victory last year in the playoffs over the Chargers when they were down. I believe it was 27 to zip. Uh, I really thought the Jaguars were going to win this division. Uh, and if they did, I didn't think it'd be the Houston Texans that came out on top. I, I'm kind of left scratching my head, Tom. This, this Jacksonville Jaguars team, obviously, uh, Trevor Lawrence, the face of the franchise here, going to lead forward. But I really did expect more from Lawrence down the stretch. And I feel like for being the number one overall pick, you needed him to be better than he was, especially in big time games this season. And unfortunately, it wasn't Dominic and the Jags are going to be watching the playoffs at home on their couches. You know, it's been a bizarre season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. At times, they look like a contender. And at the end of the day, they end up being a pretender. So I just think that Jacksonville right now has to look themselves in the mirror and want to analyze their quarterback situation 
analyze their head coaching position. I think that I know that these two pieces clearly you would you would think it would they would be long term, but I would be ready to honestly move on from both. Only because Trevor Lawrence seems to me as a quarterback that just has a set of skills, but it's like he's capped. This is as good right, as he can get. Right. This is the cap Trevor Lawrence is going to get to. He, yes, he could pull off one of the best comebacks in pl- playoff history that I've seen in, in, in a long time, but I don't think that that's going to be a consistent uh, measuring stick for Trevor Lawrence. This guy's a very average quarterback at best. He seems to be snigbin, as you said. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville was like, what, a yard away, not even to tie this game, and mm-hmm. it's, it's sickening if I was a Jacksonville fan knowing that you were such well, you know, position to make the playoffs and at the end of the day you fall short let's see what happens to jacksonville but in my opinion you should move on from both doug peterson and trevor lawrence that'd be insane you know what i don't even think it's that far off of uh left field there you you draft lawrence and yes i know he's number one overall pick i do think that they'll stick with him you know i'd be surprised if they end up moving on i think it's something to consider uh, definitely with the shortcomings of this Jacksonville Jaguars team. And look at this talent on this team. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got, you know, Calvin Ridley, who balled out. You got Travis Etienne, who had a really good season. Yeah, a lot of uh, questions and uh, less answers here in Jacksonville after this season. All right, Don, let's continue with some uh, recaps and big games. Yeah, well, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. <laughs> the Steelers take it 17-10. to 10. I mean, looks like the Steelers are going to go with Mason Rudolph in the playoffs, Heck yeah. wow. Unbelievable. Rudolph the Red-Nose Ranger <laughs> arrived exactly at the right time and has delivered a great gift for the Steeler Nation. However, who knows how far they can go now. They just lost TJ Watt. And, you know, if TJ Watt would have been there regardless, I don't know uh, if they could have beaten Buffalo. I'm not going to spoil my pick already, but the odds mm. are that Pittsburgh, obviously they're 10 points underdog. That are going to be the Buffalo Bills is going to be a massive mountain to overcome. But they will try. They'll do it with Mason Rudolph. He beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10, largely on the legs of Najee Harris. 26 carries, yeah. 112 yards, one TD. The Steelers in this game really reminding me of a north and south offense, which is traditional Steelers offense that we haven't seen for a long, long time. But that type of offense fits Mason's Rudolph skill set perfectly. However, you do need a, a strong defense in order to carry that load. With the loss of TJ Watt, I think it will be too much for them to overcome. However, they had a fantastic game. They won this football game 17-10 and are in the playoffs. Hey, speaking of a strong defense, Dominic, how about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers that gave up zero points to the Carolina Panthers? Look, it was only nine points scored in this game. Not the recipe for success for most NFL teams now uh, in this day and age. But Tampa Bay wins nine to zip over the Carolina Panthers. And they win. The NFC South. Uh, Baker Mayfield in this one. Look, his stats weren't pretty. Uh, he goes 20 of 32, only 137 yards. But like I mentioned, it really was the defense uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers holding Bryce Young to less than 100 passing yards and going for only 94 passing yards, 11 completions, zero TDs, and the run game just didn't get going for this Panthers team. Tampa Bay wins this division again, uh, and they're going to be hosting the uh, Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Tampa Bay, Dominic? We've got a minute before the break going into the playoffs now. Now, uh, they win this game 9-0. to zip. They did what they had to do down the stretch. This division was weird and wacky. Call it what you wanted. But still, there had to be a winner, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the winner. And Baker Mayfield has looked good at times this uh, this season. And, yeah, let's see what we, uh, we got with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's see what we got with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Wow. I mean, it was the hardest division to predict. 
Yeah, full story short, Todd Bowles and his defense carries Tampa Bay into the playoffs. Yes, 9-0 shouldn't take this game, but yet it did. The Carolina Panthers could not muster one point on the board, and that is because of that Tampa Bay Buccaneers D. Wow, this D, I love it. I've always had... Uh, Devin White is one of my favorite linebackers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Levante David playing at his age, at the caliber that he's playing, unbelievably good. Antoine Winfield Jr., yeah. I mean, these guys are just champions. They will make sure, even with Baker Mayfield at the helm, that they want to go play some playoff football. And listen, they got the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that is rattled. The spread's two and a half. Who knows what will happen in that game. But as for this game, Tampa Bay took it. Nine-nothing. And hats off to the Tampa Bay defense. Talk about old school football. Folks, can you hear it? Can you smell it? We got the NFL playoffs kicking off in just a few nights. Two nights, Saturday, we got the Texans, Browns, we got the Dolphins, and the Chiefs. Should be two really good games. Before the break, we talked about Tampa Bay and who they will play, the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, oh man, if you want to talk about how not to end the regular season and limp into the playoffs, look no further than the Philadelphia Eagles. I can say in all my years of watching football, I don't think I've ever seen a team start off the season so hot and crumble the way this Eagles team has. They, they look like they can't even beat a CFL farm team. I don't even know if, if that exists. But right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, Dominic, are limping on one leg into the playoffs. They lose to the Giants. I don't even care what the score was. I don't even care how ugly this game was. They didn't find a way to, to beat the New York Giants. They had a chance to win the division. Obviously, it was they wouldn't have because the Dallas Cowboys won their game. But the reason Dallas Cowboys were simple as win and you win the division was because how poor the Eagles played at the end of the season. In this game, you had... Key guys getting injured, you know, and nothing seemed to be working. I just, I'm almost at a loss of words when it comes to Philadelphia Eagles team. They just can't seem to score points, and it's their offense that worries me heck of a lot more than their defense. And I said it before, and I'll say it again, this team is lacking leadership. And it starts with Jalen Hurts, and I do think for the most part he is a good leader, but unfortunately for some reason we haven't seen it happened this year. You know, when you know when you know what hits the fan, you gotta be able to pull up your socks and say, guys, you know what? Let's do this. Right. You know, it's not an easy team, right? This is where you got AJ Brown with an ego. Um it's Philadelphia, right? It's not easy to play for the city of Philadelphia with all those fans. And you know, they're they're great fans, probably the best or, or arguably the best in the league. But when stuff goes wrong, they're gonna let you know about it. And stuff has gone very wrong for this team. Look, at the end of the day, they're in the playoffs. They don't win the division. Uh, they have a, a decent matchup in playing Tampa Bay, right? And we talked about the points right before the break. But you know, I'm, I'm not all that confident in this this Eagles team uh, heading into the playoffs. They had Super Bowl aspirations. They had a legit shot at the one seed, uh, and they're gonna have to settle for the five seed now. Dom and take on those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big game in Tampa, the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. That will be a definitely, honestly, I'm happy they put it Monday night so everybody could sit down and look at, is Philadelphia a Fungizi from last year, a one-hit wonder, or is this team getting ready for a playoff run? If you ask me right now, you know, it's tough to say because what's happening is we have no clue what's happening because it's all in the locker room, in my opinion. you got a bunch of really talented football players for Philadelphia, but a lot of people want to be the guy in Philadelphia. 
I could see who that number one person might be, and that is A.J. Brown. You know, there's a reason why this guy left Tennessee. And as soon as he entered with the Philadelphia Eagles, he wanted the ball. Don't get me wrong. He's an all-star. He can't produce. But the problem is you have a lot of mouths to feed that are also all-stars in this football roster, in my opinion. You've got Devontae Smith, very talented wide receiver, probably could be a number one anywhere in the National Football League. You have yourself... Dallas Goddard, another big mouth that you just need to feed because he's so talented right down the middle, down the stretch. So I think at the, at a, in a variety of ways, Nick Sirianni is just a young football coach trying to manage egos. And I think that everything in Philadelphia right now has literally gone overboard. And the only people that can reel them in really will be the coaching staff. So if Nick Sirianni is a good head coach, we're going to see a guy that's going to become one of the potentially good ones in the NFL for years to come. And it will start against Tampa Bay on Monday night. Yeah. And that'll be a heck of a game. Like you mentioned, could be kind of more of a slow starting, you know, run the football, um, throw a few jabs and see what, uh, you know, who breaks first type of game. I'm excited for that one as well, especially in uh, Tampa Bay. That'll be cool. And uh, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's going to be coaching staff, Sirianni. Look, when times have gone well, we've seen him, you know, talk about his team, praise his team, and uh, get an emotional speech after the season. And look, he's basically, there's two things now. You either sit down and cry or you get up and you start, um, you know, pulling up your socks and, and trying to win football games. And that's what they're going to do. So I'm expecting Philadelphia's best shot. I'm also expecting Tampa Bay's uh, best shot. So I'm definitely looking forward to that game to uh, cap, pack up, cap off the weekend uh, of uh, week one in the NFL playoffs, Tom. Let's continue with the recap, Tom. Heck of a lot of other good games. Yeah, let's go talk about the Detroit Lions beating the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Detroit right now entering a bit hot coming into the playoffs, beating a good Vikings team here. I'm sure the Vikings really wanted to have this football game as well. They put up a good fight. Detroit, Jared Goff going 23 for 30 to 320 yards and two TDs. You got two running backs here running on average, you know, 23 a carries between both, uh, 70 yards total carries. Not a great day on the running game, but it was really Amon Ray St. Brown. You know, he's, this guy did not make the Pro Bowl, and he is mad. And you do not yeah. want to play against a mad Amon Ray. He goes up and puts up seven reception, 144 yards in one TD, catches a bomb for 70 yards. Loved it. I think this team is a really, really, really talented football team, William. And I think that we saw that from the very get-go week one in the NFL season when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs and really presented themselves as a good team in the NFL out of, out of the gate. I don't know. What are your thoughts of the, of the Detroit Lions? Do you see them potentially right now gearing up against the Rams team that you called, William? You, you called that the Rams were kind of somehow sneaking to the playoffs. You were right. That matchup is going to be fireworks. What are your thoughts on the Detroit Lions and can they overcome potentially the Rams next week? Well, here's the thing, Dom. Look, is you talk about teams that uh, want to win, and I know that sounds super cheesy. This Detroit Lions team really wants to win, especially with Dan Campbell at quarterback. But so does this Rams team, right? And the Rams are coming in hot, like you mentioned, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Bukunapua, Matt Stafford, and Matt Stafford's return home to Detroit. So many good storylines this weekend. That has to be my favorite. And then don't forget, Dom, Sam Laporta gets injured in this last regular season game against Minnesota. Campbell got it in flack. Um 
were playing him because it was wasn't a great shot. They had a chance to move up uh, a seed. But look, you can't predict what happens, and I think you need to play your best players, even if you have a one percent chance to move up in the standings. It wouldn't have happened because, like the Dallas Cowboys mentioned, like we won, like they won their game, like we mentioned before. But you can't know that coming into the game, and I think the loss of Laporta may hurt this team. But look, like you said, you have St. Brown, you have the running game, you have Goff that's been up and down, but up for the most part. So yeah, like this Detroit Lions team is playing at home, and they've been very good at home. I think they have a shot. They could be one of those dark horses to make the Super Bowl, uh, but they're in tough with the Rams in the first match. So I'm very looking, very much looking forward to this game. Yeah, definitely. It should be a really, really good football game. And as for the Minnesota Vikings, you know, moving forward, I think that they're they're building themselves something nice. Do you think they sign Kirk Cousins next year, William? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think they do. I think that, you know, the, the chemistry he has with Justin Jefferson, you know, a lot of people would have good chemistry with him as being one of the better, if not the best receiver in football. Uh, you know, Cousins has shown he can be kind of stable. Look, is he my favorite quarterback? No, he isn't. But I do think that Minnesota, for the most part, is sold on him. And, uh, you know, I think that yesterday they were fairly competitive after he went down. But it's just not the same offense without him, right? And I do think that he brings leadership he brings experience so uh, my gut is telling me yes they're going to uh he's going to be back in uh, in a purple uniform next season oh 100 and i think that the building blocks are there i really thought that uh, jordan addison had a great developmental season for a wide receiver i think that he will be a great compliment to justin jefferson and obviously the only thing that was really horrible was TJ Hawkinson's injury. Yeah. We all hope that he comes back and bees and is, I should say, as good as he was because he had a, a breakout season, in my opinion. I know he was a strong Detroit line, but I just thought that I saw the best out of TJ Hawkinson. He got paid, remember, and he yeah. went out there and he showcased what he could do. Good things are ahead for the Vikings. Brian Flores, I would sign him right away as a head coach. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons. I could see Flores as the Atlanta Falcons head coach moving forward, leading on a strong running game, and then leading with his defense. That would be a great landing spot if I was the owner for the Atlanta Falcons. And look, Minnesota finished out the season 7-10, and 10, not what you like, but they did deal with their fair share of injuries. Not a successful season. You want to see your team make the playoffs, but they were juggling uh, quarterbacks. So always tough to manage that, you know, when uh, your most improved, most important player at the quarterback position isn't there. So we'll see what Minnesota does in the offseason. Uh, let's jump to the Sunday night football game, Dom, that had me pulling my hair. Dolphins, a chance to win the division for the first time since 2008. They're up 14-7 into this game, going into the fourth quarter with the football Lord have mercy. They find a way to lose this football game. The big punt return to tie the game at 14-14. It was really the TSN turning point in this game. Um, Miami, you know, gets the ball back, doesn't score. Buffalo goes down, gets a few, uh, touchdown to make it 21-14. And then Tua on second and 10 decides to throw the ball to, to Claypool. Look, he, he hasn't thrown much to Claypool this year. And Claypool has the ability to be a star. I do believe that. So I'm not going to knock him all that much. Tariq Hill was off the field on this play. Look, there's a, a lot I have to say about this game. And you know that our show is not that long and we have a lot of other games to talk about. It really bit Miami in the butt in this game. The fact that they over-relied on Tyreek Hill. And, you know, I was talking to my buddy Terry, who was on the show, uh, you know, a few seasons ago. A big Dallas Cowboys fan there, so he's pretty happy about how the season ended. But look, and he mentioned, he said to me, well, the, the over-reliance and quote-unquote over-reliance on Tyreek Hill has worked. So how can you knock it? It's when you play good teams, Dominic, and when you play teams that are able to take away your number one option. And not to say Buffalo took away Tyreek Hill. He had seven catches, 82 yards, a touchdown. But he continues with these key drops. And, it, you know, he's an incredible player. He's the fastest player in the league. And he is a, a top, you know, in my opinion, 
the second best wide receiver. I'm going to put Jefferson at 1A, and I'm going to put Tyreek at 1B. He's incredible, and I can't say enough about Tyreek. He's in the MVP-type season. But in big games, unfortunately, he has had key drops, and he hasn't played as well as we need him to. We need him to be the best player for the Miami Dolphins, and he just hasn't been. And Tua had some good throws in this game, but he had some head-scratching throws as well, and it's like... You, these guys are putting up MVP-type numbers, specifically Tua, and it's like, I don't even know if I trust Tua, and how does that make sense? He's the quarterback of the Dolphins. You know, he's leading them to the playoffs for back-to-back -back seasons, um, and before getting hurt last year, he was great for this team, and he was great for the Dolphins this season. Don't get me wrong, but a key situation here, he ends up throwing an interception. Miami's defense played a heck of a game in this one. They had no Chubb, obviously, who's out for the season. They had no Phillips, who's out for the season. They had no Howard. They had Ramsey traveling with Diggs, thank God, and you know he won that matchup for the most part. And your defense only gives up 14 points, which especially was giving up a touchdown. And the Dolphins, you telling me you can't score, score 22 points with your season on the line in the sense to win the division. For me, the Dolphins defense played well. I was happy with them. The play con was very suspect in this one as a Dolphins fan. I'm talking this completely as a Dolphins point of view. As a Dolphins fan, you could talk about the Bills point of view afterwards. But Miami had a chance to win the division. They blew it. If they won, they would have had to host the Bills again next week. So maybe not the worst thing in the world. They're going to have to go at Kansas City, though. So it will not be easy. Uh, yeah, look, it was disappointing as a Dolphins fan, Dominic. Credit the Bills. They win the division once again. It wasn't pretty. Josh Allen gets the job done, and so does his defense. But yeah, Miami had a chance, Dominic, and unfortunately, they didn't prevail, and it's the Bills winning the division once again. Now, this was a great football game, very entertaining football game. I personally thought that the right team won 21-14, close game. Could have gone, obviously, Miami's way, but obviously, you know, football's football. Special teams really takes this game and flips it on a dime yeah. into Buffalo's uh, favor. And that's that's football for you. Josh Allen came out there and he said, I'm going to win this one. This is on me. So, And it should be on him because he's the quarterback. And honestly, he's probably their MVP. A lot of good football players, but you, you'd have to point as Josh Allen being the MVP or the biggest, obviously, donkey in a lot of those games as well, right? So... Yeah. I think this game was a great tune-up game for the playoffs for both teams. Both teams will learn. Both teams will feel good about their opportunity coming in. I know Miami might be like, ah, you know, listen, they came up there, first of all, banged up without Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, yeah. I said it before, this team functions only with the Tyreek Hill-Jalen Waddle combo. It's what brings this team forward offensively. And when it does, it gets sparked amazing numbers that only the Miami Dolphins can put up because they have great talent at the running back position. Devon Achain in this game started off exactly where I thought uh, he should have he started to lead. You know, we have uh, him being the starting running back in this football yeah. game uh, because Moster is hurt. So yep. he got an opportunity to showcase his skills. The number one, he delivered and Tua has a patent pass that I think that this team passing vertically is the, probably the best team in the NFL. And that's going a far away. It's that bread and butter play with Tyreek Hill and, uh, and running streams just perfectly timed. The spiral couldn't be nicer and tighter. Yeah. You know, don't be so harsh on the Miami Dolphins. They played against a big Buffalo Bills team that wanted that division and they took it away from them. That's the bottom line. Miami's players started to get injured. They started to falter one after one after the other. And, you know, we all know it's a war of attrition. Sometimes you lose some big key pieces and that costs you the football game. And I think it did for the Miami Dolphins. I think they lost this football game because they lost too many pieces late in the game. And, um, you know, Vic Fangio, I think, could be also the defensive corner of the year. You got an experienced guy. He's been managing this team very well. I think it's going to be a great matchup in Kansas City. 
probably a coin toss. But great game for the Buffalo Bills. They took this game 21-14. Well said, Don. Make me feel a little bit better there about the Dolphins and uh, their chances. Yes, definitely banged up. Uh, probably the uh, the letdown of the season's past of being a Dolphins fan uh, festering up in me and uh, trying to uh, trying to get the better of me there. But yes, fans, you, I'm very impressed with them over the last uh, last little while. And it's going to be a cold one uh, in Kansas City. It's expected to be uh, freezing, actually, in the coldest game in Dolphins history from what I'm hearing. So that... Uh, oof, Hopefully, if you're going to the game, you're going to bring in your thermos and uh, your extra windbreaker uh, there and uh, a ton of winter jackets there because it's going to be uh, a cold one there. All right, let's continue to talk about uh, teams and punching their tickets. The Green Bay Packers went 17-9 to over the Chicago Bears. They punched their ticket into the playoffs, thus eliminating the Seattle Seahawks, who won their game 21-20. to um, very good uh, rivalry, arguably the biggest in the NFL. Packers-Bears goes back a while. Uh, in this game, look, uh, the Green Bay Packers defense did a great job limiting Justin Fields. He went 11 of 16, 148 yards. They didn't pass the ball that much, right? Only throwing 16 times. And on the ground, didn't get much either. Herbert, 28 rushing yards. Fields, 27 rushing yards. In this one, and we look at uh, the other side of the coin there, Jordan Love throwing for 316 yards, 27 of 32, two TDs, Reed getting 112 yards, and uh, old man Aaron Jones, 22 carries, 111 yards, exactly five yards a pop there. You know, this Green Bay Packers team, it's not going to be easy playing at Denver, at, excuse me, at Dallas, and Dallas looked very good this season, but, you know, Team squeezing into the playoffs, wild card. You always got to be kind of wary of these wild card teams. Uh, you know they have uh, they're playing uh, you know with with not much pressure, right? They're going in as the underdogs in this one, and they're going in uh, with a pretty decent record to end the season. And uh, yeah, Green Bay was on the verge of not making the playoffs. They find a way. Jordan Love looked very good in this game, and yeah, they beat the Packers seventeen to nine, and excuse me, they beat the Bears seventeen to nine, and the Bears are going to have a lot of questions to answer and what they do with that one seed. We could talk about that uh, after analyzing this game, but yeah, they're going to uh, be definitely. Uh, uh, already on the clock there, and that I think that you know for this team it'll be interesting to see if they decide to go quarterback, keep field, maybe draft uh, Marvin Harrison. But in this game, it was about the Packers, and they punched their ticket to the playoffs. Packers, Packers, Packers. A lot of people had Jordan Love written off, but one person that believed in himself was himself, Jordan Love. And honestly, the Green Bay Packers, I kind of feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers because had this receiver core showed up maybe four years ago. Man, would Aaron Rodgers probably have another Super Bowl because this team is led by these ride receivers in Green Bay. They catch everything. And there's so many of them, you don't even know who to throw to. They seem to be all catching the football. Talented, talented as it gets. Jordan Love has the ability and chemistry with pretty much every single one of them. And that's because this guy took the opportunity to sit down his first couple of years in the NFL, learn the playbook, and develop exactly as he should. I gave this guy the car keys for the franchise at some point, what, midway through the season? He has shocked yeah. me. The Dallas Cowboys better not get too comfortable because Green Bay's coming to knock at their door, and they will be ready for this football game. So can't wait to talk about that when we talk about our picks. Great football game. They took it 17-9 to over the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you know, it, it's fun, Dominic, because it's kind of like you mentioned, right? you're you know, of the uh, mindset, you know, sit your quarterback, let him develop, and, you know, kind of uh, the Aaron Rodgers sitting back and let him, you know, see and, and get experience, right? Because you throw out there, or throw him out there, then he makes mistakes, it can shoot his confidence. And I think that, you know, this team is kind of, I feel like it's if you were a head coach or you were a general manager, it's kind of the way you would end up building your team, you know, let him rest, let him, uh, you know, observe and soak in all the good information like a sponge. And I think that it's paid, it's paid dividends, right, so far in, in his career career.
Absolutely. That's to me, it's the bread and butter way. Unless you have an absolute all-star number one pick that's you want to put him right, right out of the gate. But for me, even like even I said to for Pat Mahomes to sit one year and they sat Pat Mahomes for crying out loud and look how he turned out, right? Granted, you know, it's Pat Mahomes, he's natural in his skill set, he's the best quarterback, in my opinion, in the NFL. But they give uh, you know, Jordan Love an opportunity to sit and relax behind Rodgers. I'm just happy for him that he's actually was able to take the torch and with his receiving core, the sky's the limit for the Green Bay Packers. A game that didn't mean all that much with the New York Jets, New England Patriots, 17 to 3 final score. It was just fun to watch bits and pieces of this game. The snow in this game. I love my snowy games. And, you know, in uh, Foxborough, we know it snows a lot. And it was much of the same. It was Bill Belichick there. Not really visible uh, with all the, you know, uh, stuff that he had on because it seemed like it was very chilly there. Uh, You know, him being frustrated, yelling at the refs. Much of the Patriots getting sacked on on, an offense and not being able to find any rhythm on that side of the ball. Patriots have a lot of questions uh, to answer. What do you think happens in New England, Tom? Does, does Belichick stay? What do they do with the quarterback position? Uh, you know, they obviously going to have a, a pretty decent draft pick coming up uh, in this draft. And obviously, look at the New York Jets, too. They have some questions to answer as well. It looks like the Jets are going to look for uh, a trade partner for Zach Wilson. Who knows what happened with Aaron Rodgers? I think both of these teams in the AFC East have a lot of question marks heading into the offseason. They could be a very interesting uh, one for both. And look, the offseason is really where you know teams get better and where money is made. So hopefully, they both make the right thing decisions now because yes both these teams Dominic they're gonna have a lot of a lot of uh, questions and you know uh, boxes to check uh, over the next few months let's start with the Jets I'm not a huge fan of Salas to be honest with you I'll say it right off the bat but the players seem to respond to him and they seem to like him so what am I to say I think that this year was a scratch year for the uh New York Jets, they're going to get a, you know, round two next year with Aaron Rodgers. And that will be it for the New York Jets. We'll find out whether or not this is going to be a a great football team. I believe they're they're a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers starting next year. I think it's a playoff team. And uh, as for the New New England Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick, at the end of the day, had an amazing career with the New England Patriots. I think it's time to walk away. I think the time is now. The, the team finished 4-13, and 1-8-8 at home, and I don't see a quarterback in sight, uh, even in the draft, that would probably maybe fit Bill Belichick's kind of like old-school Tom Brady-esque type of football. That quarterback just isn't around, so it's time for for Belichick to realize there's one just you know, across the continent, uh, almost the continent, the country, I should say, uh, in Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is definitely the guy to go and coach and win a couple Super Bowls with. He's the type of guy that fits the type of scheme that you want to do. Give them a call. You'll have the keys to the franchise. I believe Bill Belichick should end up with the Los Angeles Chargers next year. It's his right little place. And with Justin Herbert, they will win, I'm going to say, multiple Super Bowls. Wow, I like that, Dominic, there. Hot take. Uh, Yeah, you know what? I think that would be a match made in heaven. You look at... New England now and, and where they're standing, they're going to pick number three in the uh, upcoming NFL draft. Obviously, a lot of needs. I, I think you got to go quarterback. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the Chicago Bears decide to trade back and Caleb Williams is somehow available up there at number three and you take him. Maybe you draft May. I don't know. There's there's a, a lot you can do here. You can maybe trade back and there were trade for a quarterback in the offseason. But, yeah, I think that, you know, 
First things first with New England. Obviously, Tom Brady leaving really hurt this team. You got to go out there, get yourself a quarterback some way, somehow, whether it's the draft, whether it's through a trade, whether it's picking up a veteran in free agency, uh, or sorry, a veteran that would eventually become a free agent. I think that'd be key for this team because, look, their offense was just pathetic this year. They got to find ways to move the football and to score points. And yeah, and you know, as for the Jets, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, Rodgers comes back as healthy as ever and is able to produce uh, for the New York Jets. So, yes, believe it or not, we do have the NFL playoffs starting in two days. We have some wacky matchups. Now, I don't mind. Do we have some, you know, good storylines in each matchup? We got to now the cool the addition of the Monday Night Football game happened a few seasons ago. So we have games three straight days. Definitely not going to complain about that. We have our two-game Saturday, three-game Sunday, and to top it off, our one-game Monday Night Football. Let's start it off with the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Cleveland coming in with old man Joe Flacco playing against the young Bucks, DJ Stroud, potentially going to win Rookie of the Year. We got Cleveland playing uh, this game at Houston, who won the division. Cleveland favored by two and a half points in this game, Dominic. Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. What a great story has this been watching in the past couple of weeks, seeing the growth of Joe Flacco rising from the ashes and leading these Cleveland Browns. It's been an amazing story. They're hitting the Houston Texans, a team that's going to be very prepared with D'Amico Ryans. Remember, D'Amico was with the San Francisco 49ers. He's been places. He knows how to prepare a team professionally and to go deep. I truly think that this is probably going to be one of the best games in this wild card weekend. I think we're going to see some great defensive football on both sides, uh, both the Texans and the Browns. And whoever has the better D will win this football game. I think that C.J. Stroud actually is a little bit better than Joe Flacco. I know that you could say Joe Flacco's got the experience here, but C.J. Stroud's been just chucking the ball so well this year. I could see them scoring some points on this Browns D. Can Joe Flacco also keep up with C.J. Stroud? You know what? I'm going to say no, he does not. And I think that wow. Texans will unfortunately end the Cinderella story of Joe Flacco. I do believe that C.J. Stroud has proven to me to be a really, really young quarterback that is going to go probably very far in his career, especially with the Texans. So they will take this football game in a low-scoring football game, 17-13. to Wow, already so a lot of good stuff there, Dominic. Let's talk about the you know the pass catches in this game. You have the great tight ends, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku. I really like the addition of Dalton Schultz, and it's good to see that he's fit like a glove. And you know his first year with the Houston Texans, uh, being shipped off from the Dallas Cowboys. Njoku has been you know my surprise of the year in incredible the 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 pace he's been on, uh, and to think that this guy was you know almost off this team for so many years. You have Nico Collins who had to step up, Dominic, with the injury to Tank Dell. Oh man, I almost thought the season was over for this team when Dell went down no way it was not to be uh credit cj stroud and nico collins for you know deciding to uh you know pick up the slack with uh with Dell being done for the season you got amari cooper man old man amari cooper that has been hitting it off with joe flacco and you know putting up like the game where he had over 200 receiving yards you got a lot of good storylines in this one. You know, you look at the, the pass catchers uh here you got the running backs obviously the quarterbacks and defenses too for me, it's going to come down to late in this game. I think it's going to be tight. I got it go, being 23-20. to 20, Cleveland goes down the field to kick a field goal to be up by three. Houston gets the ball back. Two-minute drill run by C.J. Stroud. He goes through the defense like a hot knife through butter. Touchdown, 
CJ Stroud, one yard QB sneak, 27 23. And that will be all she wrote. The Houston Texans, Dominic, I'm agreeing with, with you in this one. And I thought you were going to go with the old man, Joe Flacco, in this one. So you surprised me, threw a curveball at me in this one. But yeah, like, look, you, at the end of the day, it comes back to quarterbacks, right? And I, I got to say, I trust CJ Stroud a little bit more than I do Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco could put up 500 yards in this game and go for 50 points. But we could also see the bad Joe Flacco. And I, I'm not sure who, who I'm going for because I really do like both teams. I like the storylines here, and um, I like that, you know, you talk about both, you know, quarterbacks heading uh, not in different directions, only heading in the same direction, but coming from different paths, and I do like the C.J. Stroud and everything this Houston Texas team has brought, so give me those Texans to win 27-23, to Dominic, and they advance over the Cleveland Browns. We have our second game on Saturday, 11-6 Miami Dolphins, 11-6 Kansas City Chiefs. This could be the coldest game in franchise history for both teams, Dominic. I just read it up quickly over the break. And oh, not good, not good for Miami Dolphins fans. But hey, Dolphins, you know, swimming in the cold ocean. So hopefully they'll be able to uh, capitalize on that. Kansas City feared by four and a half. Remember, they played earlier on in the year in Germany. It was not the game that the Dolphins fans were expecting. Credit Kansas City, they won that game with their defense. Could be the same in this one. Kansas City Dom now playing not in Germany but at home in Arrowhead. And like I mentioned, they'll be four and a half point favorites against those Dolphins. There was only a few things that really surprised me this year in the NFL when I look for a talented football team, when I look for something special. And I came across the Miami Dolphins and I did see something special with the Dolphins. And that's their vertical passing game. Their vertical passing game, when it's on, it is deadly. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill together are the most menacing one-two combo for any NFL team to play against. And it's all whether or not Tua could be a good enough quarterback to deliver the goods. I saw it even last week. I saw the, that throw that he does like it's money. And yeah. to me, it's such a strong throw and such, you know that it's coming. You still can't defend against it. And that's when you know you got something special. And that's the chemistry that Tua has with his receivers in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They'll have a big mountain to overcome, which are the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. But yet this year, we haven't seen the Kansas City Chiefs execute an offense like we've seen in the past. It's been at best, you know, a subpar 500 offense, basically dictated with using Travis Kelsey as a decoy. Well, the problem is in this football game, you got Vic Fangio. He is the secret recipe that will guide the Miami Dolphins. Oh my God. Yes. Guide the Miami Dolphins over the Kansas City Chiefs. Through their defense, Vic Fangio will find a way to annihilate that offense. And just enough for the Miami Dolphins offense to score 24 points. They will take this football game 24-17. to 17. Wow, Dominic, you are a great, great man. You're getting me very excited for this football game. Look. Obviously, I mentioned storylines story like a hundred times in this show. The big one here is Tyreek Hill making his return back in Kansas City. And uh, look, he obviously played against the Chiefs early in this year. Game was in, was in Germany. And it was not a great game for him, right? He had that fumble, that uh, the scoop and score there. And they were down early. And unfortunately, it was too little, too late was their comeback. You have both these teams, very interesting teams, right? You've got Kansas City and the fact that they haven't been able to produce. And you know you said it very well. What has Travis Kelsey done? He's been kind of that... Um, 
almost like the guy that's, you know, meant to take away the defense, you know, be that uh, distraction uh, for defenses. But he's too good to be then. I think in this game, they're going to force feed him the ball. And I think that's the right thing to do. And you got a good Kansas City Chiefs defense. you got a good Miami Dolphins defense. I think you said a great Miami Dolphins offense. And I know what you mean. It's an incredible throw by Tua. He just ends up throwing that 15-yard dig that lands in the perfect spot for Tyreek Hill. But Dominic, the, the, the unfortunate thing is, we see, we see that too often, but we don't see it enough and as much as I would like to see it. So, Dom, for the first time in this year, Dolphins fans, I'm sorry, but I'm going against Miami in this one. I say Kansas City finds a way to win this football game. I'm going to go 24-20, very similar score to what you you said. I just think ultimately Kansas City's defense, especially in this cold weather, will make enough stops on uh, that side of the football to kind of quiet down this Dolphins uh, offense. Waddle should play in this game. We don't know how healthy he'll be. Hopefully, Mostert does as well. I'm really hoping I'm wrong, though. Maybe I'm saying this to kind of hope I jinx the Kansas City Chiefs. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs, Dominic, 24-20. to 20, And they advance over the Dolphins. Sunday games, we got the your Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic, at the Buffalo Bills. We got Buffalo favored by 10. Look. I'll throw it out there right now. I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills to win this football game. Would I be shocked to see the Steelers win? I honestly would not, even without TJ Watt, Dominic. Look, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been incredible from start to finish. I understand it's been a lot of TJ Watt. Some would say all TJ Watt, but it's been more than that, right? This team has a good secondary. They do still have a good front four. They have good linebackers. And look, they will be without their MVP of the entire team in TJ. I get that. Buffalo has been up and down this year, similar to those Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, Buffalo is lucky, not lucky. They're playing this game at home that they won home field, and that's a huge advantage. And I think that that's what ultimately separates them in this game. I think it's going to be close, and I could really see Buffalo Bills' offense going out there and struggling to start the game. I really can. Just like I did against Miami, Allen goes out there, throws two interceptions. I think that ultimately the Bills' defense will make enough stops, and Diggs will finally get going. So I do think that the, the Buffalo Bills will win this game. I'm going to go with a bit more low-scoring, 20-17 to 17 type game for Buffalo. But it's going to come down, Dominic, to how Rudolph is going to be able to face the pressure of this Bills defense. I think they're going to come with the heat, and he's going to have to make decisions and make decisions quickly. And Pickens will have to be huge in this game. But I do think Buffalo gets the job done at the end of the day. 2017 Bills win. Now, this is, sounds like it's going to be a really nasty football game with the weather they're announcing. that The, the amount of win that's going to be in Buffalo will be extremely hard for the kickers, extremely hard for the quarterbacks. You watch this game, the weather will be the difference maker. So, which means it's a coin toss, folks. It truly is a coin toss because weather that harsh, you just don't know how the ball is going to bounce. So, believe it or not, the spread, forget about it. The spread is yeah. way too high. It is ridiculous. It's a shame. But maybe something happens late in the football game to cover the spread. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The Buffalo Bills defense, if it's defense versus defense, give me Buffalo's defense to contain the Pittsburgh Steelers running game. I still like playoff Lenny. I looked at the pile. The pile was moving forward when playoff Lenny was running the football. And when you're running for just one down and the guy's falling forward, that is everything in the NFL. So keep an eye on that. This will be a close, close football game. Buffalo will take it 13-9. to nine. All right, low-scoring game. There are second game now on Saturday with just under five minutes left on the show here. We got the Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. McCarthy, Don, playing against his former team in Green Bay. We got the Dallas Cowboys favored by seven and a half at home. Listen, this is kind of like a weird Mike McCarthy show. It's all going to be about Mike McCarthy's yeah. old franchise. What can he do? You know, Dallas has been, been so much in the past couple of years. 
I think they finally get it done. I think CeeDee Lamb has been the hottest receiver in the, in the NFL. Why would that stop? It's a simple offense. It's not complicated. Let your stars perform. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb. Dallas will take this football game 27 to 10. Look, I really think the Dallas Cowboys got a great matchup here. And uh, I'm going to go uh, here. Seven and a half, the Dallas Cowboys are favored by. And you could think it's a big spread, and it kind of is. But I'm going to go with Dallas to win this game and cover. I'm going to go 31 to 20. I think we see the good Dak in this one. We see the good CD Lamb. There's really only been a good CD Lamb this year, to be honest. And Tony Pollard rushes for two TDs uh, in this game. He has a big game as well. I think Green Bay's going to come into this game. And, you know, they will feel a chip on their shoulder, right? Because they they feel they're better than people are, 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 you know, making them out to be. They just squeezed into the playoffs at nine and eight. And look, I always say you got to be wary of these wildcard teams. But I do think that Dallas is the better team. And, you know, it, they, they have to find a way to win this game. If they don't win this game, I think McCarthy is as good as gone. Big, big game for him, like you mentioned, Dominic. Dallas at home has been incredible this year. They get the job done, and they win this game, like I said, by 11, 31 to 20. All right, Saturday night football, excuse me, Sunday night football. we got the LA Rams at the Detroit Lions. Man, Matthew Stafford making his return home to Detroit. Lions favored by three in this one. Besides, if I take away the fact that I'm a Dolphins fan, this is the game I'm most looking forward to. Like I mentioned, we got the return of Matthew Stafford. Dominic, I think this is going to be an absolute barn burner. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think this will be the game of the week. And I don't think we will see any defense in this game. 37-34, final score. No, not for the home favorite, Detroit Lions. Give me the Rams, Dominic. I've been on this bandwagon for a while now. I think it continues. I think Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup... Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams each get at least one TD, and they go out there and they spoil Dan Campbell's playoff party. First time Detroit's hosting a playoff game in forever there, but I do think that it'll be the Rams coming up on top in this game. 37-34 in a shootout. Matthew Stafford gets the best of his former team. I love the pick, William. I really, really do. Puka Nakua has been just an amazing player to watch and see him and grow in this offense has been a true pleasure. But when you're going to be playing the Detroit Lions, you're playing in another another beast in itself. This team is solid from top to bottom. The speed on this team is ridiculous with Jameer Gibbs and Amarone St. Brown. And that offensive line is also a handful to carry every week. But it won't be the offense that's going to carry. It's going to be the defense. Mark my words, Brian Branch and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now C.J. Gardner-Johnson is back. These two are lethal in the secondary. They will pick off. Two interceptions to the house and be the difference wow. maker. Yes, the Detroit Lions will beat the Rams 34-21 to 21 because the secondary of the Lions will deliver big in this game. All right, I like that, Dominic. All right, now to top it off, Monday Night Football, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dominic. We got Philadelphia favored by three on the road. Ugh, two and a half spread. It makes no sense whatsoever. I talked about things that I saw this year that were pretty special. Well, I have to go back to the Philadelphia Eagles offense. The Philadelphia Eagles offensive line specifically is extremely special. They just need to manage locker room egos, and I think they get it done for at least one week. Yes, the Eagles will beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It will come down to the trenches, and Philadelphia offensive line-wise are going to have a better time against Tampa Bay's defensive line, which is Super Bowl material. It's proven it before, but it's going to be the Eagles that will take this football game 19-16. to 16. 
Look, at the end of the day, for me, I'm looking at this of who has the better roster, right? And I understand games aren't won on paper, this, that, and the other thing. Philadelphia hasn't looked good. I got to believe the Eagles find a way to win this football game. They're too talented of a team not to win a playoff game after almost winning the Super Bowl last year. I'm going to go with Philadelphia, like I said, for the, the reasons you mentioned here. I'm going to go 24-21 in this game. A.J. Brown gets two receiving TDs in the fourth quarter. And the Philadelphia Eagles come back from behind after being down 11 entering in the fourth and they win this game like 24 21 it is the eagles coming up on top all right folks that felt like a really fast episode man as they say when you're having a good time time flies hopefully you enjoyed the show hopefully you watch the game it is playoff time thank you for tuning in without you guys there is no show we'll be back next week same place same time we got the playoffs you were listening to cjlo 1690 am in montreal <laughs>